0: Hey everybody. Thank you for joining me for another episode of School Nutrition Dietitian. Today, I have a special guest from the Dairy Alliance. As you already know, there are set nutritional standards for the School Nutrition Program. If you receive any funding from the USDA, as so many of us do, there's a set meal pattern for us, and dairy is part of that meal pattern. I thought it would be really helpful to have someone on who spends a lot of time focused on dairy and who has a background school in School nutrition. nutrition Dietitian. All right, let's on a mission To show you fruits and vegetables can be super delicious. Eating healthy keeps you healthy on the inside keep your stomach satisfied and keep a clear mind now you're ready for your academics focus time to handle business breakfast you don't want to miss it help your body to replenish clean food clear mind that is the vision tune in to the school nutrition dietitian hi will thanks for coming on
1: Absolutely. It's an honor to be on your podcast, Kelly.
0: I appreciate it. So before we get into what the Dairy Alliance does and how the Dairy Alliance partners with school systems and school nutrition programs in particular, can you tell me a little bit about your educational background and your work experiences that
1: led you to work with the Dairy Alliance? Certainly. Uh, Educational work experience. uh, I graduated from Clemson University, got a degree in food science. I've been quite fascinated with power and, you know, the potential that nutrition can do for the body for many years. Um, I think it started from when I was in high school. I ran cross-country, and the coach would help us out with nutritional advice. Uh, looking back, not necessarily everything was science-backed, if you will, right. but it definitely got me interested. Yeah, and um, I naturally ate school lunch every day, and the didn't particularly care too much about what they were eating, but... Um, I was really into it, and uh, I think like most high school guys, I tried to get as much food as I could, you know, so I was getting everything. I was getting vegetables, fruit, milk, grains, and protein. Um, it was good stuff, too. I really enjoyed it, and that was in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, quick shout-out to Irmo High School. Um, but uh, back to Clemson, so I knew I wanted to work in food service as a dietitian to some capacity. Um, I didn't necessarily know what uh, field of food service, but... I knew I wanted to feed people, and uh, we had a group project in my food service class that partnered us with Sally Nicholson, the local RD, uh, director of Pickens County Schools. Um, I believe she's now with Lexington 1 in South Carolina. But after the project, I asked the shadow Sally, and she obliged, and I quickly picked up that school nutrition was the way to go. So uh, I've, I've no doubt about it, and I never really looked back. I got to work for Pickens County. After I graduated for a short time, um, got to do some of the spring semester and then summer feeding, and then um, I managed to get a dietetic internship with Sarasota County Schools, and uh, that was a really really good experience. It was it's obviously a it's a school nutrition focused dietetic internship, which not too common.
0: Right, not and, at uh, all. That's awesome.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, it really immersed us in all aspects of child nutrition and what RDs can do in the child nutrition realm. Um, So I got to learn from some of the best in the business. Uh, Gerard is over the Sarasota program. Uh, Sarah Dan and uh, the team there, everybody's pretty amazing. So got to act as an area supervisor, do nutrition ed in the classroom, design a kitchen layout, and, of course, we had our our clinical and community rotations in there, too. Um, It was a good time. I also met my wife. My wife is a dietitian as well, so that's a pretty, uh, you know, pretty good um, secondary thing to get out of the internship. <laughs> and um,
0: <but> I can't <laughs> imagine that's very common either.
1: never met any other dietitian couples. I know that there's a couple out there that exist, but after the internship, I passed the RD exam, and I worked for a short time back home in South Carolina, just operating a, a dinner program at an elementary school in the school district that I grew up in, um, under... Uh, Mr. Todd Biedenbaugh, who's a good friend of the Dairy Alliance. Well, uh, after that, I I got a job in Florida again. So I went back down to Florida and spent five years working for Charlotte County Schools. Uh, So Charlotte County is just south of Sarasota. It's just north of Fort Myers. Had a great position as their dietitian and nutrition specialist. Got to work under an amazing director, Terry Whitaker. And I made the menus, made her product and recipe decisions. Tested products with students. I did plate waster. Hosted some interns. Met with vendors. Uh, tried to get some farm to school in there where I could. And uh, also oversaw our county summer food service program, which, as most school nutrition folks know, that's pretty much a job in itself. Right. Um, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I did that for five years, and then me um, and my wife wanted to get back to a little bit closer to family. Um, When this job opened up with the Dairy Alliance, manager of youth wellness, I was all over it. And um, I I managed to get the job. I just started back in December and I still feel pretty fortunate to uh, get the gig. And here I am in Atlanta now.
0: That's really interesting. That's very unique. Was this area like nutrition ed and what you're focused on now, was that already your favorite part of working in school nutrition?
1: Hmm. It's a good question. Well... Um, I think my, my favorite part of school nutrition is the people. So just getting to, get to, getting to know our neighbors while I was in Charlotte County, getting to know all the folks in Florida, now I get to do that in Georgia. So I get to travel around and work with you know, child nutrition directors, dietitians, coordinators, cafe managers, and I'd say that that's, that's my favorite yeah. part of school nutrition.
0: And you mentioned that you looked for opportunities to get some farm-to-school programming in when you were working in Florida. Do you see a major connection between agriculture in the South and the Dairy Alliance and what school systems are doing in the South? Like, are people making those connections?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, the Dairy Alliance itself, we, we exist to represent our farmers, farmers of the Southeast. Um, so, I mean, we're completely based and dependent, if you will, on agriculture. But, yeah, uh, as far as um, just, just getting that in there, that's, that's important. Um, and it's important for students to know where their food is coming from. So,
0: Right. I had plans a winter go. It ended up being during flu season. It was raining that day, so we didn't get to do it. But we were going to be visited by the dairy classroom. We were super disappointed that it didn't come. Like, we put all this work in. We had a massive Mayfield cow, like a fake cow, outside of the cafeteria for a whole week. And we didn't tell the kids what it was about. They had a lot of questions. And we just kept saying it. it was a surprise. And... The last day we were supposed to have the dairy cow there in the outdoor classroom and it rained and parents, some parents were convinced that getting rained on meant you would get the flu. So we ended up having to cancel. It was super disappointing. But I thought it was hilarious how many kids thought chocolate milk comes from a chocolate cow. So we a, we were able to yeah. dispel that little bit of confusion, but they would have learned so much more from the uh, dairy classroom. So hopefully in the future that's going to happen. So I agree. Yeah, that hopefully. it's hopefully important for them to know more about where their dairy's coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's part of my job too. So, but the mobile dairy classroom, you bring that up. That's that's an awesome resource. Uh, technically, we're not associated with it as part of the Dairy Alliance, but we are promoting it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean.
0: I was about to ask, are they available in uh, multiple states? I know they get booked up really fast.
1: They are. Uh, I couldn't tell you what specific states, but I'm sure if folks did some looking, they could they could find awesome. them. Um, the one here in Georgia just sticks to Georgia. Um, there's Georgia dollars that's making that happen, so they want to just stick to Georgia. But right. it's totally free for the uh, viewers. It's a great resource. Yeah. And like I said, there are some other states that have it. so.
0: So can you describe what your current role really is like at the Dairy Alliance? What does your typical day look like?
1: Sure, sure. So I've got a designated territory here in Georgia of counties that I work with, and uh, my goal is to find ways to promote dairy usage and consumption, um, find ways to promote that. Uh, So we get so much funding each year from our dairy farm families, and uh, we use that funding to acquire food service equipment helps to promote dairy in schools. So um, we're not a nonprofit organization, or I'm sorry, we are a nonprofit organization. We're not trying to sell things in particular. Uh, we don't represent any particular brand or product. Rather, we just want to promote nutritious dairy. So on a typical day, I'm uh, working with, you know, those child nutrition directors, office staff, dietitians, supervisors, coordinators, cafeteria managers, uh, to find ways that I can help support their program by increasing meal participation and then hopefully dairy consumption at the same time. So that's that's pretty much what my day consists of. Um, there's like a bunch of other little things thrown into the mix, um, but it's right down my alley. Like I said earlier, I love just working with the people, different people throughout child nutrition. So yeah. I get to travel around the state and hang out with school nutrition.
0: Sweet. And you mentioned that your program was focused on school nutrition when you did your internship and then it had some public health elements in there, too. So I'm sure you already knew from then and then through your work experience that food beliefs are changing all the time. And a lot of times the popular culture kind of gets swept away with things that have no basis on science now, what are some of the beliefs that you're seeing that are floating around about dairy and it may be not fitting into a healthy diet? Or what information would you like to share about why dairy does have a place in a balanced diet and why it's part of the meal pattern in the first place?
1: Sure, sure. Well, there's lots of misconceptions out there about milk and dairy in general, but um, <laughs> Many of them are ridiculous and kind of completely out of left field, and yet they have permeated into our society and culture, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, there's there's quite a few. Uh, a big one right now is that soy and almond and these plant-based drinks that aren't milk can be used as, quote-unquote, healthier substitutes for milk, and yet they just don't really stack up against milk. All you have to do is put the nutrition labels together and the ingredients list right next to each other. And when you're at the grocery, you can see the difference. Um, milk has a huge variety of essential vitamins and minerals that these other items don't have. Uh, real milk has the protein that most of the others don't have any of. Soy does have some protein. But take coconut or almond milk, there's, there's no protein in those. Sometimes I have to question why are you even drinking it when it's mostly just water. Might as well just drink some water. Um, and then much of the vitamins and minerals in these substitutes aren't naturally occurring. So they have to be added in, which means your body's not going to be able to utilize them as efficiently. And uh, they'll also settle at the bottom of the carton. So, um, yeah, uh, another big one is that folks will say uh, they're lactose intolerant, so they can't drink milk, which, you know, if you're lactose intolerant, that's totally fair. Um, My wonderful wife is lactose intolerant, but a number of folks are. But people that are lactose intolerant can still drink lactose-free milk which has all, all the same benefits of regular milk, has the same nutrient profile, just no lactose in it. So it's simple as that. Um, right. Oftentimes, folks with lactose intolerance can still handle a number of types of cheeses and even yogurt, too, which oftentimes have little or no lactose in them at all. Antibiotics and hormones are two big um, you know buzzwords when it comes to food in general. Um, but when it comes to dairy, there are no antibiotics. in in milk. Um, it's just simply not the case. Um, all milk is tested multiple times, tested at the farm when it's picked up. It's tested again at the processor um, to ensure that there's no presence of antibiotics. Uh, if, and I mean if, antibiotics were found in milk, then the milk would have to be dumped and the farmer responsible would have to buy all that milk back. And frankly, that's just not something that can be afforded. Right. And it would be unethical. So no worries about antibiotics in the milk supply. They're just simply not there. When it comes to hormones, uh, a lot of people will say that dairy products have crazy amounts of bad hormones in them. Um, This one is also a serious misunderstanding. There's a couple ways I could tackle this. There are minimal amounts of hormones naturally occurring in both animal and plant foods, including milk. So if you take something like black beans, for instance, I'm pick on them for just a second, there's technically more naturally occurring hormones in black beans than there are even in milk. Um, but these hormones are all completely broken down during digestion. So they don't have the opportunity to interact with your own hormone levels. Plus, even if they did, they still wouldn't have an effect because the estrogen found in a cow is not exactly the same estrogen that's found in people. So, therefore, it wouldn't interact with the receptors of humans. Um, And, frankly, there's just a lot of bad and straight-up wrong information on the Internet about that. And, uh, like I said earlier, it's kind of gotten into our culture. And it almost seems like it's common knowledge, um, which, unfortunately, it's common. uh, Quite the opposite. Right.
0: It's interesting to me. I see a lot of health-conscious people buying whey protein shakes and not really having any qualms about that, but then not understanding that just regular old milk is also a high protein food. And sometimes that is what people drink after they work out. So yeah, there's definitely a disconnect there. I guess if anything is said often enough, people will believe it no matter what it is. And I think it's important for people in school nutrition to remember, like we aren't the, we're not the food police. So whatever personal food Mm -hmm. beliefs we have doesn't affect how we present the food to our kids. If someone has decided they don't want any dairy in their diet, that's one thing, but we wouldn't want to um, maybe try and hold back parts of the meal pattern from our kids because of something we believe. Like the meal pattern is based on science, so you really should feel comfortable offering these foods as healthy. It, this isn't just something somebody made up.
1: Absolutely. And, again, that's another one of my roles is going to these school nutrition programs and talking about the benefits of dairy so that you know, our frontline workers can feel good about what they're offering students. We want to have that buy-in, we want them to be knowledgeable about the products that they're serving, their children, their neighbor's children, their community's children. So,
0: Right. Absolutely. And I noticed on the Dairy Lines website, a section talking about the New Look of School Milk Program. What is that and why was that needed?
1: Yeah. So the New Look of School Milk Program, it's, about promoting uh, milk in plastic bottles and uh, that's taken off in some parts of the country um, in, other con- in other parts of the country not so much uh, and sometimes that's just because it may not be available. you know the local uh, distributors may have access to it. it costs a little bit more per serving mm-hmm. but we find that students like it and they uh, they oftentimes will prefer to take milk in a bottle than they would in the, the carton. Right. Um, especially our students, you know, they're used to uh, purchasing with their own money, a, you know, a, a drink in a bottle at a gas station or or just out anywhere and, um, you know, kind of emulates that in the schools. So Right.
0: So with, it's a uh, way to compete with sweetened beverages.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the programs that we have with the Dairy Alliance is uh, we can provide recycling bins for school districts that Decide that they're going to start the new or the new look of school milk and uh, switch to plastic. Uh, obviously, if you're going to have a bring bring in a lot of plastic, you want to be able to recycle those if you can. So that's just one way that we can kind of support school districts that are switching to plastic.
0: So since mm-hmm. not all kids really like fluid milk, and like you mentioned, some people with lactose intolerance do well with other dairy products, what are some other ways that dairy is being served in schools that are creative so that they get the benefits from dairy even if uh, the child either doesn't want milk, fluid milk or can't really tolerate it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of things, um, and a lot of these things I didn't even realize until I started the job with the Dairy Alliance. But smoothies and parfaits are the first things that come to mind. Uh, They tend to be popular choices with students. Um, There's so many different ways, you know, that you can prepare a smoothie or a parfait. Uh, You know, all sorts of different ingredients you can add and mix and match. Um, It's practically limitless between fruits and vegetables. Um, You can even put grains in them. You can make some pretty awesome smoothies that way. Same with parfaits. Um, Another big thing is... Uh, something called coffee coolers that seems to be just getting, like, some takeoff. Um, sort of an up-and-coming, trendy, dairy-based product in schools. Um, it's a mixture of yogurt and milk, and then oftentimes it's either an instant coffee powder or you could just use, like, a sugar-free chocolate syrup and then make specialty coffee drinks, uh, kind of like a mocha or some sort of Frappuccino kind of thing. I um, know that General Mills has some investments in that going right now, but these are dairy-based, they can count as a meat-meat alternate right. and uh, be part of the meal, you know, with the yogurt in them. And then, or you can serve them a la carte as a smart snack in schools as long as, you know, you have the portion sizes appropriate on that. Uh, another cool option out thought of was that uh, I've heard of a school district or two doing banana splits, um, kind of a specialty product. Students go crazy over them. They're made with yogurt instead of ice cream. Um, so you could, you know, throw that on the menu for a really special day. It's probably a little bit more labor intensive, uh, right. probably a little bit more expensive, but it's probably guaranteed positive results, too.
0: So, Were people putting that out there for breakfast or more of a lunch thing?
1: I, you can do both. I've seen a breakfast. I've seen a lunch as sort of a extra treat. So, and it doesn't have to be like an entire banana, of course. Right. Um Just kind of keep it simple, and, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's gone over really well.
0: Oh, that's a fun Um, idea. Where do you find some of these? I know there are a lot of resources on the website. Is that where you would recommend people look, or where is all of this being collected?
1: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of our recipes that we use come straight from the National Dairy Council. Um, The Dairy Alliance itself are sort of like the the boots-on-the-ground regional uh, a collective, if you will, that works underneath the National Dairy Council and Dairy Management Inc. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of chef-inspired, kid-tested school meal recipes that include dairy. Um, You know, we've got our our components on there. Uh, It's got the HACCP critical control point steps um, in the recipes. Um, Got everything from, like, overnight oats, which is becoming very popular, popular here in Georgia, actually. And nationwide, um, but yeah, National Dairy Council, all sorts of recipes on there. Um, some of them a little bit more labor intensive. Some of them pretty easy. Uh, the overnight oats that I just talked about—it's not yes. very labor intensive. You know, you just make it the day before and you just portion it out for breakfast the next day.
0: Have you seen um, that executed in a food service setting, or that's more of a home recipe?
1: Yeah, so I have seen it executed in a food service setting. Um, it's basically just making a really large batch of these overnight oats and then just portioning them out into cups. So it's not too bad. And uh, all the recipes are online.
0: Cool. Perfect. So mm-hmm. I see that the Alliance has a ton of programs featured on the site. Which one are you personally the most excited about?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm all about increasing meal participation. And I think the That's what a lot of um, our clients are interested in as well, particularly breakfast. So I'd say our expanding breakfast promotions are are the the big ones. That's probably what I'm most excited about. We have the opportunity to provide, um, like, breakfast carts, breakfast kiosks, and, um, you know, you can start a new breakfast line. You can roll that kiosk out to the parking lot uh, for high schoolers, catch them as they're coming into school. Um, all sorts of different things you could do with it. And, uh, yeah, you can take them out to the parking lot. Um, You can catch high school students as they're coming into the school. Um, provide some grab-and-grow opportunities there. But I've also heard from some districts that it can also be less labor-intensive in terms of you really only need one person because you have the POS and the food right there. You're not doing a whole lot of serving. So, you know, you can have your smoothies, you can have, um, you know, your cereals, your milks, uh, all your grains and fruit just right there on the cart, and the student just grabs them and goes. Um, So, yeah, that's probably what I'm most excited about, just the opportunity to increase breakfast participation and make sure kids are starting the day off,
0: right? Right. Do you think that also would probably be the program that most school food service operations would be the most interested in? I know everyone is concerned about increasing. Participation, or are there any others that you'd like to highlight?
1: Um, well, another one that we're big on is starting smoothie programs in schools. Uh, and like I said earlier, smoothies are very popular with students. Um, it's usually not as labor intensive as people think it is, um, especially if you're making large batches of smoothies. You just make a large batch, portion it out and you're good to go. It's not like something that you have to continue to make throughout meal service. Um, no batch cooking involved there. So, But we can provide immersion blenders, big stick blenders. Um, we've also got, you know, tabletop industrial-sized blenders, falcon blenders that are like two gallons, one-and-a-half gallons um, at a time. Um, so that's a big one. That's a, that's a good one. Um, one more I guess I could mention is that uh, if you've got an old milk cooler, that's you know it's like 50 years old. It's constantly being repaired. Uh, maybe doesn't hold milk at an optimal temperature all the time. And it's just barely making it. Um, we could potentially replace the milk cooler and just get you a brand new one. Um, so yeah, those are just that's just a sample of some of our programs with the Dairy Alliance. Right. Um, you know, other other uh, state and regional groups throughout the country may not have those exact programs, but Okay. They probably have some that are similar or maybe they do. Maybe they have the exact same ones. Um, but for our region down here in the southeast, that's those are just some of the programs that we have.
0: Right. So really the best way for everyone to find who they should contact in their region is to start with the National Dairy Council. And you work down from there to find your region, or how do they find their contact
1: person? Yeah, you're dead on. Okay. I would highly suggest just going to the National Dairy Council. Uh, from there, you should be able to find what's called the state or regional um, groups. So here are the Dairy Alliance. We are Mississippi, Alabama, um, the Carolinas, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia. Um, We don't have Florida. Florida is their own group. Um, But, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, all of these different state and regional groups, they have folks that work specifically with schools. Um, They have experience with schools. They're very knowledgeable with schools. Um, And they want to work with school districts. So shouldn't be any hesitation. Good people that want to help out schools. Move some more dairy.
0: That's yeah. really exciting. And is it common for the person who is making those connections with schools to have as much experience actually working in a school system as you do? Is that something the National Dairy Council
1: looks for? Uh, it varies. It, yeah. oh, it's, it's definitely looked for, for sure. Right. Um, definitely desired. Um, I, I, can't, I can't. certainly can't speak for the whole country, but I'd say most folks do have that experience. Um, and the ones that don't, you know, they're all in and, uh, they're learning pretty quick.
0: Right. So, well, that's very, a lot of the resources on the site for educational, uh, visits to the classroom are really, really handy. And I know I'm always looking for special things to do throughout the year, like a reason to do something special at, uh elementary middle school or sometimes the high schools too so it was nice to celebrate the um, national milk day with our elementary school kids and there's just a lot of cool tools on the on our site for the south or Southeastern, you said, right? Southeastern region. So I'm sure everyone Mm -hmm. else has a lot of fun tools out there too. So uh, Mm -hmm. it's just a resource people should know about with budgets being tight. It's a shame not to be aware that there are already free resources that are well-crafted waiting to be used. So thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. And um, yeah, yeah, appreciate the time that you would allow me to.
0: I hope you got a lot out of that episode. If you have any other questions, there are a lot of resources available online that I'm going to link to in the show notes. And as always, don't worry if you didn't get a chance to take any notes. You can just visit the website www.schoolnutritiondietitian.com and you sign up for the mailing list and I will get those notes right over to you. If you haven't already, check out the Facebook page. That's a great place to start discussions about anything that you've heard here. You can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. All right, everybody. Have a to show you fruits and vegetables can be super delicious eating healthy keeps you healthy on the inside keep your stomach satisfied and keep a clear mind now you're ready for your academics focus time to handle business breakfast you don't want to miss it help your body to replenish clean food clear mind that is the vision tune in to the school nutrition dietitian